0: Hello everybody, Uh, I'm Brian Decker and I'm super excited to welcome you guys all to the very first episode of Dollars with Decker. You know, to celebrate the launch of the new show, I really wanted to kind of share a bit of my story and, and take a minute and kind of introduce myself as your host because, you know, at the end of the day, even if you have your doubts about, you know, changing your financial future, like you know, I don't have any money or, you know, I'm not that great with math or numbers, or maybe you just don't even know where to begin. Then I just want to let you guys know you are in the right place because I truly and sincerely believe that anybody that has grit and has that hunger to learn, you guys can change your financial future. So many times people, they are these fake gurus on Instagram or Facebook and, you know, they pretend to be all these things. And at the end of the day, you just want to open up the hood and kind of know their backstory and kind of, you know, validate some things, either one that you believe within yourself that will really help you improve your financial IQ or two, you want to find out what's fake and phony. And so, you know, I promise you every week your financial IQ is going to increase. I'm going to be covering topics, hot topics like crypto and, you know, passive income strategies and, you know, real life productivity hacks to, you know, real estate trends. And, you know, are we in a housing bubble? Is it, when is it going to crash? If if you have 2000 bucks, you know, where's the best way to kind of put that money. Now I am an educator. I am not a financial advisor. So just, I do have to make that disclaimer, obviously for you guys, that this information is for educational purposes, do your research, but I promise you guys, this I will be very real with you on this. I will tell you exactly what I'm doing. I'll admit to my mistakes and, you know, we'll kind of take it from there, you know, but before we get started, I, you know, I kind of want to step back and obviously introduce myself because, you know, many people know my name here locally in Southern California, especially, you know, here within the real estate or kind of crypto space, but none of you guys really know my, my story, you know, and you may have heard that, you know. Things I've done, or but you really don't know what I've actually been through. And so this is kind of our first chance to really kind of get to know each other, which I'm, I'm super pumped about. I've always wanted to, to kind of be able to do this and open up the hood, you know. And the truth is about my story doesn't really start with uh, the supercars or an eight figure crypto account or a giant real estate portfolio. Crazy enough, it actually starts with a Ponzi scheme. Yep, that's right, a Ponzi scheme. Now, What a ponzi scheme is for those of you guys that don't know is basically a fake investment where basically people put money in and the money coming in there is no real investment that money that comes in is just being used to pay earlier investors and the only way it works is you got to get more new investors in every time so you can continue to pay the older and older investors and i unfortunately was a big victim of a major ponzi scheme um, so I'll take you back and, and not back to kind of my blue collar childhood here in you know Southern California and Temecula. You know, I wanted to start a little bit earlier than that, um, you know, and most of you kind of before uh, Facebook was around, kind of let you guys kind of in the door there. And basically, the truth is, I didn't start with a high financial IQ or e- even a great worth e- ethic at all. I wasn't the valedictorian. I wasn't the smartest kid in college. Truthfully, I love to do two things in college. I love to drink and I love to party. And when I graduated college, I didn't even have a thousand bucks to my name. And I decided that, you know, I did want to live a nicer lifestyle. And so I got into the world of the mortgage space and I did okay. You know, I did pretty good from 22 to about 26. And it was the booming, you know, real estate mortgage industry. And then like so many others, the mortgage bubble burst in 2008 And at the time I had been decently smart with some money, but nothing, nothing major. And I went and worked with a couple other colleagues in the industry and uh, we started analyzing commercial properties and whether banks should basically uh, foreclose on them or, you know, modify their notes. And it was a pretty good gig. And so I was able to kind of save up some money. And I decided, you know what? I had a buddy of mine and his father was a A really smart guy, I thought, and had Ferraris and had all these things. And I looked up to him and he brought me an investment strategy. And so I took all my life savings, which at the time of 27 was was about $150,000. And I went to my dad and I'm like, dad, got to pull money out of your 401k. Give me this money and got all these people together because this guy had sold me. Well, long story short, basically, I take this money and I give it to him and it, it's awesome. And all of a sudden I start getting eight, nine, $10,000 a month in residual income and it goes on for 90 days. So like an idiot, I go ahead and I quit my job. I start going, uh, basically to yoga classes twice a week to, uh, to meet the pretty girls. Cause I was single and living in orange County. I drove fancy cars and then I get a phone call that, um, all the money is gone. And one of the partners who I had invested with this, a friend of a friend of a friend had taken all the money and left. And it was $13 million of people who had invested in him. So here I was at 27 years old thinking I was going to retire. And I lost not only all my money, I lost my dad's retirement, my dad's partner's money. You don't know shame and heartbreak until you you know, lose money of the one person who has always believed in you. And it crushed me. So I evaluated my life and I said, crap, this stinks. So I went and left all my friends in Orange County. And I knew that my dad taught me one thing. He always said you were capped by the average of your three closest friends income. So I knew that my friends around me, they weren't really doing anything other than partying that I had to go ahead and kind of change. You know, it was get that motto of, uh, you know, OQP, right? Only quality people. And so I moved away. I moved left Orange County, left all my friends. I had no money. And I moved into a crappy little apartment in San Diego with my brother, who was much younger than me, um, just because I couldn't afford it. Um, It was in Chula Vista and it was not a nice place. And I made a decision. I was going to get back into the mortgage industry at that time. I had no money. I had literally had like two grand in my account, but I had an Amex car because I always kept good credit and maxed out my Amex car doing mailers. Took that Amex card, maxed it out, buying all these mailers and just was going to throw a Hail Mary. And that was in about July, August, 2010. Well, the Amex cards is you got to pay that bill off every month. So I kept pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. And all of a sudden, November came and I had like a $45,000 Amex bill due. Long story short, I worked seven days a week and I went from having no money coming in to all of a sudden my first commission check was a hundred thousand bucks. So, use that money, paid off the Amex card and I vowed that I would pay my dad back and I would do all these things. So I just sat there and I grinded. I did not go out. I did not party. I did not do anything. I just grinded. And I was able over the course of the next 18 months to save up about a million bucks and uh, worked really, 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 really hard in the mortgage space. I, you know, then kind of from there got recruited um, from a pretty big mortgage company at the time. I did very, very well there. And was introduced to a certain company by a friend of mine, and they kind of made me a lot of promises. I went over there, moved to that company, super excited about it. 60 days after I go there, the person that recruited me over there left and took a bunch of consumers' information with them, and I was shocked. Long story short, the company that he left for and took the information from regards this massive lawsuit and loops. All these people, and I was at this company 60 days, had nothing to do with anything, was completely blindsided and found myself with a pregnant wife and was getting dragged through the mud in a lawsuit. From that point, long story short, basically they throw me out of a lawsuit because I was guilty of nothing. And due to the lovely legal system, the people realized, hey, you know what? This guy, the people that obviously uh, sued said, hey, you know what? We know this guy was thrown out, but you know what? We can probably go, go after him. We are much bigger. And it's going to cost them a lot of money to go to trial. So long story short, I had saved up a decent amount of money and I had to do a settlement with them um, because I didn't want to go to court in the lovely court of the United States. You, even if you win, you pay all your legal fees. And if you guys don't know about going to trial, trial can cost hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I had just kind of reached the point where I was in a good position and had to do a settlement and settled out. Well, then from that point on, I was back to ground one again. Lovely. And, you know, at the time I had gotten another mortgage company to come and kind of bring me on and pump me up. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I started making good money again. I had to because my settlement payments every month were very, very expensive. So I went ahead, paid off all the settlement payments. Everything was good to go. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't going to lose. I had already been slammed down for a Ponzi scheme. Now I was going through a lawsuit and I wasn't going to lose. So I went ahead and with my wife and kids, I moved out back to Temecula where I grew up because I wanted to grow a business and employ people that were in my own backyard um, that were kind of grew up that blue collar life. And I decided to go ahead and I had saved up a little bit of money. And my best friend brings to me, he's like, Hey man, guess what? Santa Ana is going to be the first city to actually go ahead and allow dispensaries in Southern California. And I knew nothing about dispensaries or cannabis. I truly didn't even smoke, you know, or anything like that. So long story short, I had money in my 401k and I took every last cent of it. Okay. Every last cent, I had about 15,000 bucks in my checking account and I was just, my wife and I had just been married, but she bless her heart, believed in me. And so I took him and I gave him $500,000. So I know that sounds like a lot of money to you guys. It's a really a lot of amount of money when you have $510,000 to your name and you're giving somebody $500,000. Well, what we didn't plan, and we had this great idea that we were they were going to zone a number of buildings, so if we leased out one of the buildings, we had a really good chance of getting it because they were only going to allow one license a building, and there was 19 zoned buildings, 17 of them were going to get licenses, so we decided to lease a whole building up for $100,000 a month, and for a three-month minimum, if we get the license, we would move forward with it. Well, it we, turns out that it was a lottery drawing, and in that lottery drawing that we have to go to, what we assumed would only be you know, maybe 50 to 100 people. And we thought, great, they got to draw 17 balls out. But guess what? If they draw one ball from one building and they draw another ball from that building, that ball gets thrown away because you can only have one dispensary per building. So what we didn't account for was big money came in and they submitted dozens of applications per unit within the building. Our cells were too broke just that we thought $50,000 application was a lot. These people were doing 20 applications in one unit. So there was 700 balls in the lottery and we had one and I had $500,000 writing on this. And by sheer God's grace, we got one of the licenses and our ball was pulled and we were ecstatic. But what I didn't know is... Oh, it was just medicinal, and rec wouldn't come, and the dispensary made no money for five years, so it just sat there, and I got paid nothing, and bless my business partner's heart, he grinded through it, and what we thought was going to be 500 grand to start up ended up covering up to a couple million bucks, and I watched the 500 thousand dollar investment just sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there, and then as I continue to once again just continue to grind and work, I decided I was going to go ahead and start my own mortgage company. I had been one of the top 10 loan officers in the country. I was on pretty much every publication that ever was, you know, in the space, but I wanted to actually have a business of my own. And so I wanted to leave, uh, the retail industry and I wanted to go ahead on my own and and start my own business, which is now modern lending. Um, and, In doing so, I thought they were just going to let me go merrily on my way. And I didn't realize being the number one loan officer at the company of a major, major company, which I won't say which one it was because they're a great company. I decided to leave. And when your number one loan officer leaves, um, you're very concerned that that's a threat to the other loan officers that work there going and starting their own business. So I learned very, very, very quickly that they are the big boys for a reason and they basically, it basically was a press nightmare for me, dragging my name through the mud. Here I am starting on my own business. My dispensary is not making any money. I am writing checks to start this business while I'm getting dragged through the mud and I'm in tears guys. Like I am coming home at night to my wife and I am crying and I, mind you, I didn't, it's a big joke. I didn't cry at our wedding. I didn't cry at our kid's births. I mean, I am just devastated, but I just didn't give up. I knew I had been slammed by a Ponzi scheme and I got back up. I knew I had been slammed by a fake lawsuit and got back up. I knew I invested $500,000 and it didn't go anywhere. And I got back up. And so to the credit of my parents and my wife and all those people around me and all my employees at the time where I felt this pressure, because I wasn't just taking care of myself. I was taking care of all these people and their families. Right. And so I just sat down and I woke up every day. I put one shoe on at a time and I just worked through it. And I just worked 80 hours a week while trying to be a great dad and balancing that life. And over the course of the last two years, we managed to take modern lending from, you know, kind of a nobody, a small little place and um, it's grown. And we now have, you know, grown in size by 400% over the last two years. We have really focused on having a great name in the industry and I grinded my way through it and last year I made a point to really start to put a lot of content out on social platforms because I wanted to try to pave the way for people to make an easier way that they don't have to go through the same mistakes I did. So every step on my journey, whether that was creating mortgage companies or that was going ahead and investing in real estate, I wanted to let people, you know, under the hood of what was actually going on. And then things started to turn around really great last year. And, you know, I was able to sell my cannabis business. Um, I got a buyout, and the buyout ended up being, you know, six, seven X on what I put in. And then I took that money and I realized, okay, the US government is destroying the value of the dollar. Even though I missed out on Bitcoin when my brother told me to buy it at $200 a coin, which, I can't even imagine how many hundreds of millions I would have had by now, but that's not the point. I decided I would evaluate the crypto space and back in March, every one of my buyout payments, which I was receiving monthly, I decided to really start putting into the crypto space. I really understood my background and degree was in accounting and macroeconomics in college and I understood what was happening when you devalue the dollar and what inflation is and the perfect kind of recipe, what COVID was bringing and I started taking every check I got and throwing it into Bitcoin when Bitcoin was starting around three or $4,000 and Ethereum was $200. And I started really focusing on the fundamentals of the changing of the guard from the dollar to a lot of the crypto space. And that account over the millions I invested in it has obviously gone up tremendously. Um, and here we are today. And People just look at me today and they see you know, all the crypto posts and all the you know things I make about helping them and the investments I make, but they don't realize that journey that took me to get there and just a broken man that I was and, you know, like I said, didn't come from any money. And so what I wanted to do as I walk you guys through this journey is I wanted to open up the hood. To the investments I make, especially to all the little followers I've had on all the social platforms for all the years. And I wanted to share you guys my personal struggles and, you know, kind of my vulnerability and all the things that I had had because, you know, through everything I went through, you know, the highs, the lows, the higher highs, the, the lower lows, I realized something, you know, and you guys need to realize it too. You guys need to stop summarizing yourselves based on your experiences that you've had. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you invested and you lost some money or you know what? Maybe you tried a business and it failed or maybe you tried really hard at work and you didn't get a promotion. You need to stop summarizing your self-belief based on the experience you've had in the past. And you need to start measuring yourself by the potential you have, right? Like I don't see myself as a guy that lost all his money in a Ponzi scheme has gotten sued multiple times and lost a bunch of money, you know, that got destroyed, you know, in the entire arena of the mortgage industry, you know, just to try to push me down. No, I have this insane confidence in myself because every time I got kicked down, I got back up. And that is something that is very scary about somebody when you Can give everything you got to somebody and he gets right back up, that's a dangerous person, right? And you don't get back up if you base your judgment of yourself on the experiences you have. It's only the potential you have going forward. And so, you know, before we kind of really begin the journey of transforming, because this podcast is going to be about putting dollars in your bank account and increasing your financial IQ, because the school industry does a horrible job of teaching us both in high school and in college, what we really need to learn to be successful in life about credit, about investing, about the way money works, about how to start a business, all of those things. And, you know, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to teach and we run it out of our office. Now, a lot of times about teaching high schoolers. I want to change the, the community in which I grew up in and basically tell all these kids the things that wish I knew at their age. Right. But before I can do that with you guys and really put that in, You know, we kind of got to basically, for lack of a better word, we got to kind of unlearn some of your guys' limitations. You guys, you guys really need to learn that you guys judge yourselves based on your peers. You know, maybe they're at a better point than you are in life, but you know, you ever thought maybe they just peaked too soon? Maybe you're a late bloomer. You know, I'm not some motivational speaker. You know, I'm not, you know, going to be the guy that's going to hype you up and walk you away. You know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add value to your, I'm going to add dollars to your bank account, but I got to give you new tools in your toolbox. So when you're evaluating kind of those you know, those things in your life, what I did is I look back and I say, Okay, Brian, what were the differences between you were a negative fifty thousand dollar net worth and credit card debt living in a crappy apartment to what, you know, are your routines and your fundamentals that you are at now with, you know, an eight figure bank account and all these other things. And I and I broke it down. I said, I made five simple changes. I did five simple changes with my life. And the first of those is basically you and it may not be super popular this thing, but I'm a firm believer. You cannot be confident and you cannot be resilient and you cannot be present without a healthy lifestyle, guys. You know, you think about it this way. Your physical image is the first impression you make to anybody. And and the way I look at it is, is if you're not taking care of yourself, you have more to lose than anyone by not taking care of yourself and your health. So when I walk into a room and if I was unkempt in my physical appearance, you know, I was, you know, grossly overweight, whatever it may be, people are going to view me and say, wait. I'm supposed to trust this guy with my money or trust this guy and he's not even taking care of himself. What is, how is he going to take care of my assets and my things if he's not taking care of himself? You know, and so I carved out time that I began every single one of my day by working out in the morning before my day started. I removed drinking. I do not drink during the week. I gave up soda and I gave up fast food. So if you want to run at a high level, you got to have some of those fundamental health changes. The second thing I did is I broke my routine and I broke my comfort zone. You know, as Wiz Khalifa kind of famously say, I used to think sleeping late was cool till I realized waking up was the boss way, you know? And I love that. So I made a point every single day to get up 15 minutes earlier. And I did that for usually like a two week period of time. So I brought my waking up time from 6.30 down to now 4.30. It took me a while to get from the 5.30 to the 4.30, but that's what I did. And I never broke this during the week because if you think about it this way, breaking your routine is like cancer. Once you break it once, once, Okay. That it just spreads, right? Just like if you let cancer sell in your body, that cancer spreads. So if you give up one time and let that, Oh, you know, I'll sleep in a little bit later. You let cancer in, it's going to overtake your life. So you cannot let that cancer in. You need to keep that routine. So start your days, guys, just start getting up 10 minutes early next week. You got it. There's only so much time in the day. We got to learn how to maximize that. Right. And then I realized I started planning my night the day before. It's the third thing I started doing every day. You know, I would plan and I would front load three tasks I'd say, okay, these are the three things that I must do first thing in the morning. And I would make them things I didn't want to do. That client I didn't want to call. That going into the bank that I didn't want to do. Or evaluating something that I knew was going to be uncomfortable. Because I knew if I got those three things out of the way, they wouldn't carry over. So I front loaded the crappy part and stuff of the day. The fourth thing I did is I stopped listening to music in the car. And you guys are obviously way ahead because you guys were just listening to me here. But what I stopped doing is I didn't listen to... Didn't listen to music in the car. It was a waste of time. So I was, I was in my car. I started listening to podcasts. I'd focus on like kind of one thing at a time. First was like maybe my health. Then I started learning about stocks, then crypto and real estate investing and so forth. Because there's only so much time in the day and I knew I had to multitask. I could drive and I could listen because self-education is the most beautiful thing you can give yourself. That is the only thing at the end of the day that truly will put additional dollars in your bank account is by learning new things that you can then implement in your life. I'm in mean, the fifth thing and it's a super uncomfortable thing and I know you guys aren't going to necessarily like it was I printed out my bank statements and I knew like nobody likes to look at your bank statements, right? It's like going to the doctor and they're going to get checked up. You're so afraid of what they're going to find, but what they find is you want them to find it. So therefore you can find the cure before it comes a major, major issue. So I took my bank statements and there's a challenge for every one of you guys on this. I want you guys to print out your bank statements last two months, take out four markers, one marker. I want you to use for all your income coming in, highlight that green for an example. Second one I want you to do, I want you to highlight all your fixed costs, things that you have to have, medical insurance, car insurance, your rent, your car payment, all those things. Now I want to take another color and I, I want you to highlight the comforts that you like, you know, maybe your gym membership, maybe certain things like that. And then the fourth one, I want you to highlight all those random auto pays, the random subscriptions, the wasteful spending on Starbucks, because if I'm going to teach you guys to invest, we need to figure out where money's falling out of your pocket, because if I'm putting money in your pocket but we don't fix the hole that it's falling out in we're, we're spinning in circles guys. And so, you know, now I know this show is, you know, kind of the way I've gone over. It is a little unique because I know we needed to cover a little bit of uh, you know, the background and the house cleaning aspects, but each show, I guarantee you guys this, there's going to be no clickbait. There's going to be real tangible, real life value that I'm going to be dropping for you guys that you guys can implement. And with every show, you're going to increase your financial IQ, the content, will be fire. I promise you that. I do this for free because I want to really give you guys value. And next week, I'm going to be covering that hot topic on crypto. Um, So if you're like me, you probably thought the space was a bunch of coins, all trying to be money. And you probably have no idea why there's so many of these random currencies. But what you also need to understand is this. Why have some of the very brightest minds in the world all done a completely 180? think like Jamie Dimon, CEO of Chase, literally said to all of his traders, if you guys trade Bitcoin, you will be fired. And now he owns hundreds of millions of dollars worth of cryptocurrencies. Ray Dalio, he's kind of like the Warren Buffett of our era, the greatest hedge fund manager of our generation, hated Bitcoin and now has it in his fund and is buying hundreds of millions of dollars of it. Why are people like Mark Cuban, Elon Musk, all these people completely done 180s? And what you need to realize is something has changed. And I'm going to be going over with you guys next week, a simple dive on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, what's changed the minds of all these banks and hedge funds why so many institutional investors are buying, and whether you're too late to the party and where you can make those, you know, best gains in that space. So stay tuned next week. I appreciate you guys joining me so much. I do have a quick favor to ask for you guys go. If you guys are enjoying this show, please drop me a message. You can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active at the Brian Decker. That's Brian with an I. That's at the Brian Decker on Instagram or by visiting the show's website, Dollars with Decker. I just truly want to thank you guys for joining me. You know, and I promise, you know, with these episodes of Dollars with Decker, I will be delivering you guys fire. I'm so excited to see you guys next Saturday, same time, 1230. Take care. Grit Squad out.